podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome to, ladies and gents, another episode of Post Conference Presser. So again, it's one with a twist ahead of Nottingham Forest this weekend. We know the song, we hate them and we go from there. However, the Reds are on the march, ladies and gents. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a a miserable and windswept Edinburgh, but importantly, looking forward to talking everything about this special presser, talking about what Jurgen Klopp said, the specific player that he talked about consistently, the clues that we got from the other night against Toulouse with a great win, no pun intended there. We'll talk about potential lineups, formations going forward for this weekend, and a bit of predicting as normal, where I'm as surprised as you are, well, she's doing all right this season, to be honest. So we will run. We'll move with it from there. But, ladies and gents, let's go through the usual, the press conference. Now, before anyone jumps to this, like, hold on, Jurgen Klopp didn't turn up for a press conference today. Very true. However, as it's a Thursday, Sunday, i.e. the Europa League, it means that he does this right after the post-conference for the Europa Games. We answered questions on the performance against Toulouse and then went straight into his preview, his chat, his mandatory requirement ahead of Nottingham Forest. So what did he talk about this weekend? Some good questions, actually. Not much, but a few about specific players, which I actually really, really liked. But the first question, funnily enough, was about the Europa, was about the schedule and the question around Thursday, Sunday, the way that's working for you, Jürgen. Is it helping you? He was quite honest, kind of gave one of his shrug surprise faces at first, but said, well, so far we could do it like that. It's not great, but we've known about this for a long time. The boys that didn't play tonight have now got a proper session tomorrow and they're ready, so that's good. We don't have too many injuries and that's why we can do it. A lot who didn't play tonight will start on Sunday. We should get used to it sooner rather than later. Got to be honest, guys, as much as we know one wants to be in the Europa, I think we're making it work for us at the moment. We've seen the rotation. We've seen the players taken off at 60. You know, they could still play then on the Sunday or around the 60, whatever it may be. And you're also starting to see that it's based on if people are suspended, who's available. But almost it's creating where possible, and I'm phrasing that carefully, a Thursday-Sunday team, a first string and a second string in elements, in parts. That's not across the board. What it's also meaning, which we're liking, we're getting to see youngsters given a chance. And maybe, maybe more importantly, 
the key players rested or just a quick tune-up run out, however you want to put it out on the radar for Sunday. So even better, if we win the next one, that's the group tops, isn't it? So you might well see even more rest. But I kind of got what the journalist was asking about or alluding to. Liverpool's Thursday, Sunday is working for them very, very well right now. And then, ladies and gents, well, dress it up how you want. It became the Mo Salah show. So the first one question was about his, you know, his record breaking and how he broke another record. He now overtakes Thierry Henry as a player for the most goals for an English team in Europe. Absolutely incredible, forty-three. And Jurgen Klopp was asked, "Does that give him an extra level of confidence?" Again, a bit of a shrug, but said, "Yes." Well, it's obvious that he's, you know, maybe not bothered. He just enjoys being part of the group. That's the obvious thing right now. He wants to play always, as we know, but he enjoyed coming on naturally and scoring the goal. I'm really happy for him because he's growing with the role he has for us. And to stay on top level is nice and it's right for him to enjoy the moment. It was a wonderful goal. I did know about the record and maybe uh, I might have given him even more if I knew more, more into that or I was into that and I'd left him out when I did. I wouldn't have done that. And then... He could have got more, but I'm not into this too much. He's just such a good player. We appreciate him now. And after the career's finished, we'll say, wow, we saw something really special. I love this. It's about time Mo Salah really started in his flowers. Like, people, we are watching a living, breathing demigod stride across that pitch for us. We are literally watching walking, talking history as we go, and he's doing his talking with the feet. But I think Jurgen Klopp's absolutely spot on. We know his attitude. We know he wants to play every game. We know he's aware of the records. We know what Mo Salah's all about. But what I love to hear as well, it's almost promotion. He's in that leadership group. And people are going to say, well, he's, you know, it's not BVD, he's not Trent, Robbo. But as Jurgen Klopp talked about at the start of the season, Alisson and Mo have got specific roles to help lead this team in different ways from the performance and the impact they have on the group. Sounds like he's loving that. He's embracing it. He's being one of the elder statesmen, get the words out there. The other big thing to say is we've known for a while he should have been in the leadership group. It's always been one of the biggest question marks. Why isn't he? Jurgen Klopp now responding to say he's loving that role. Yeah, all good. But it doesn't stop there part two he was then asked about Salah and you know is he becoming an all round player more all round if it's a Paul Joyce one and looking at his stats of course Jürgen replied of course the young Mo and I love this description so get ready for this people the young Mo was a super fast player who could go hard in behind feeding off Dzeko at Roma from the first day here He's had to do different things and adapted well for every part. But the playmaker was more Bobby setting things up. So then you don't need two players who are deeper. You need players who are in the box and who can bring the ball over the line. Now, it's slightly different playing up there with Darwin. That's another speed player. So that's changed Mo's position. He's smart enough to develop these things. And in all phases, he's world-class. The best that you can say what a player 
I love this from Jürgen. I don't care what anyone says. You can mail me all you want. I absolutely love this. The, the Almost the eras of Mo Salah that he talked about. That young forward, the pace merchant at Roma, playing off Jekyll. The one that destroyed Sergio Ramos in Europe that made us convinced we'll pay that 30-odd million to bring him across to Anfield. Then coming in, and obviously that evolution with Coutinho there, you know, we're not going to drop deeper. Bobby in the front three, how he had to change his role, but, you know, being the sort of the main goal scorer, as it were. To now, now, they say when he even mentioned Darwin and adapting to that, being that creativity. And listen, it's not always been smooth, like we said, well, like we know from last season. And we felt Mo might as well have been the linesman at times, too wide, but how that adaptation's taken place. And again, he's flying. Darwin's flying. Look at the link-up they've got between them. At every stage, when Liverpool do well, Mo Salah is the key. So it's just, it is brilliant just to hear him getting these flowers. I absolutely loved it. I really did. And it didn't even finish there. Because the final question, people, was around, still related to Mo, but forwards in their 30s you know naturally do they adapt that role as they create more chances big laugh from Jürgen big laugh about this and said off the hit pitch yes he behaves like a grown up man besides that he's a silly young player he's got top fitness and if we could scan him the maturity in his bones and the bones we'd see there he'd be 19 20 years old he keeps himself in such good shape it's game understanding, and yes, you get the game, and that's what we try and give young players from the start here. The earlier we can get them this info, the more useful they are. He understands the spaces. Mo knows how players react on him. If he can't score, he can still have an impact. So being constantly a threat is as important as anything else. You can't compare Mo to any other 30-year-old players, as I don't think biologically he is people how can you not love all that again praise the right analysis if you don't get in the bin but think about what he's saying the fitness the way we know this the way he keeps himself in shape we know this but it's most elegant that public praise and it doesn't hurt at all that he's getting shown the love especially as we know what could come january the end of the year yes it will probably be his decision but it's great to hear the manager giving him them flowers, as I said. So, yeah, it was a bit of the Mo Salah show, but why not? You're talking about the best player in the league right now, whatever anyone says. You're talking about one of, if not, the top man in the world, as this should be. It was great. So we'll move on to normal. We'll talk through the last match to lose. Any clues from that? Anyone play their way in and out? Fascinating game. These boys came to win. Yes, they brought noise off the pitch. They were banging them drums from Central Station all the way, weren't they? An amazing support. The pyro was there. The party was there. And it certainly was for us in a 5-1 hammering. Although it could have gone different. They tried to go toe-to-toe with us and they ultimately paid, didn't they, even with the second string. I mean, five different scorers, different moments, but a tale of certain people when we talk about you know, who played their way in and out. Let's be completely clear. Ryan Gravenberch, or is also known, Baby Yaya Torre. Absolutely outstanding on the night, wasn't he? I think almost having a personal duel 
ball with the goalkeeper, the shots and target he had. And despite how he got it, which we'll come to, well deserved that goal. An all-round easy man of the match performance. Absolutely outstanding, retaining possession. Just that pace as well from the standing start. The power dribbling, the clever layoffs, the passing, the interceptions, the winning it high up the pitch to have the impact for the goal. What a player. We have absolutely had Bayern Munich's pants down for 34 million. Unbelievable. But yeah, an easy man of the match. Curtis is suspended, as we know, but even if he wasn't, see how you can leave Ryan Gravenberch out, but we'll come to our lineup for this weekend. The other player who did it all, Big Darwin. The big shagger himself. Absolutely everything. The contrast of the composure to put in two separate moments, one in the first half, one in the second half, the defenders on their backside. The link play. The again, the coming back, intercepting, even stopping and having a fag for a moment to have to be told man on by the cop to then come back to life and dribble it. The chance of Nunes, Nunes were rightly heralded. And yet that missed people. The defender on his arse. The keeper put down. And the miss. Could there be a more complete Darwin Nunes performance? Just Alexa, show me Darwin Nunes. It is what it is. The man is a genius. He's a special talent. He's adored by the crowd. But more importantly, another goal. More importantly, the goal impact he's having. More importantly, listen to the way Jürgen talked about him at the press conference. When he's talked through those periods, these eras of Mo Salah, he's now name-checking Darwin. He's elevated himself a level, and we saw it all last night. And then the other one, and I think it's important to give him an honourable mention, Endo. I think it was important that. It was a great header, by the way. Any forward would be proud of that, but it was a great header. But he just seemed elevated, so to speak. I mean, it's not been a good time, even with, you know, Harvey Elliott's been getting in. That's not a dig at Harvey Elliott, grabbing, but it always seems that he's almost the last option, so to speak. It's not gone the way. And, you know, there's arguments about, how good he is, but you could see him visibly grow in confidence people during this game. And once that, you know, threading passes through, charging into things, the gum shield nearly flew out a few occasions, but winning it aggressively, you know, some nice passes, almost joining the attack at times as well. That I'm not saying this is a huge watershed moment. I'm not saying he's now a guaranteed start or anything. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing unhealthy, unhealthy about having real competition, isn't it? So as long as Endo continues to do what he can, grow, there's so many positives from last night. And then, you know, young Chambers, young Scanlon, yes, they're raw, but it's great to see even McConnell as well, isn't it? Them kids get minutes. That's what it's all about. I mean, Chambers put in a beautiful cross one time, didn't he? You know, unlucky, got the interview at the end. And then the other one I just want to finally mention, because we can take it for granted, Trent, another assist. We'll say another assist. He may have been short on the ground a little bit compared to what we're used to, but a great assist for Endo. 
And then that coal line clearance as well. But some beautiful balls, you know, let's not forget the old guard, which we can include them in now. So plenty of people have put themselves right in contention for this weekend. And moving on to this weekend, people, Forest, a team we don't really have too much love for. Everyone knows the history, club, all that type of stuff. But it's an interesting one because they couldn't almost be more worlds apart at the moment. You look at Forest, 15th in the league, 10 points so far. Two wins and four draws make that up. A horrid away record they've got Anfield. Absolutely horrid. And they've not won in their last five games. And if you look at their very last game, a 2-2 draw against Luton doesn't look good at all. It looks even worse when you see they were 2-0 ahead with 10 minutes or so to go. On the nice side, Klopp said he hopes, he hopes Divacarigi will be fit and in the squad, but actually didn't wish it a good game, which I liked at the same time as well, a bit jostling there. The threats from them people. And being honest on this, the biggest danger for this is mentality. Not being switched on. Taking it too easy. The reason I say that is if you look at who you probably class as their main threats, Big Taiwo, our former player, Awonye, Big Divok, they look set to miss this weekend. Don't know that 100% naturally, but they look set to miss this weekend. So then you think, well, where's the goals going to come from? Now, Chris Wood did get a couple of headers against Nottingham Forest. And I'm not saying, you know, against Forest, against Luton even, sorry. This isn't trying to be diminishing of the player, but back Van Dijk, etc., to deal with him in the air all day, wouldn't you? There is strength in their midfield. I think that's easily their best area. You look at who they've got, like Sangare, a player we were linked with, is starting to get better. Mangala's had a good start to the season. And Dominguez, one that's got a goal, but gone quietly under the radar. I think a bit of a, a talent there. However, again, do I think they're a match for our midfield? Absolutely not. The biggest danger here is the mentality of the Thursday and the Sunday. And that is important to mention because it's been me, hasn't it? We beat West Ham. We weren't great. We drew against Brighton. We really weren't great. That was a, a patchy performance to say. The, yeah, the honest truth that so Thursday, Sunday, maybe we'll grow into it like Jurgen Klopp says. That's the risk. But everything else tells you it really stays in our favour. So how does it steer in our favour in regards to the lineup? This is what I'm honestly thinking. I think something's nailed on. It's Alisson at the back. It's the same back four from the derby. That Trent will take his place alongside Simicast. Virgil and Canate. Mainly, I think Canate because he didn't have a great derby. He was looking to stay on. Don't get me wrong. But Matip played. Gomez played. Matip two in a week. Gomez, I, I can't see it. And especially with the aerial threat of Wood, I think Canate and Van Dijk are there to snuff it out. Midfield-wise, as much as I'm not really a big fan of it, whatever anyone else has an opinion around it, McAllister will be the six. Zaboslai will be on the right side for obvious reasons, quite rightly. They're fresh as well. And it's Gravenberch, people. It's Gravenberch. Harvey played, so it's not going to be him. Obviously, the Brighton game, and I know he's done well from cameos, but that's different than starting. Endo played the full thing. We know it doesn't seem to quite be in favour for whatever reason, and we'll all have opinions on that. But 
there's that one. Badge and Thiago obviously don't even get mentioned anymore. No one's really what's going on with them. And Curtis Jones is suspended. So, in simple terms, and quite rightly, I'm for listen, quite rightly, McAllister, Sabozlai, Gravenberch. That should be enough to deal with Dominguez, Sangare, Mangala. Easy. And then we come to the forwards. Luis Diaz did play. Last night, I think he goes straight in. You can't leave Darwin out. I know Gakpo's back as well, and it's Mo Salah. So it's Diaz, Nunes, Salah for me. One person who could well have something to say, and you've got to give him his just at the moment. Diogo Jota's back in the goals, people. Look at his goal contribution. You know, he's on five. He's level with Nunes, who are both on five goals. Not as many assists, naturally. Not any assists for, for Diogo, but... He's a goal threat, so he will be the one pushing. Gakpo, just back from injury, isn't he? So it's more about getting him minutes as well. But Jota and Gakpo on the bench, Diaz, Nunes, Salah to start for me, which I think is just about winning at this stage with no injuries, but should be more than enough for Nottingham Forest. Which brings me on to the final thing, people. My prediction for this one. Normally, if it was Saturday, three o'clock, I mean, Europe, I'd be comfortable, you know, predicting a real, not battering, but a convincing scoreline. I just get a feeling it's going to be one of those, similar to Everton, two nils, that we might limp along a bit. We might have to, come on, we need to move it quicker, lads. It's maybe not fully clicking, so to speak. I might be wrong, but two nil for me. Two nil. And listen, it's just about winning, not getting injuries. So I'm going to say two nil. And listen, it almost seems at the moment, the worse he plays, the more likely he is to score. So I think Mo Salah will open the scoring and I will go for Darwin as well. So I'm going to be that bold about it. 2-0, Liverpool victory, Salah and Nunes, and we move from there. But listen, people, it's everything is good at the moment. There's nothing to really be pessimistic about. We've just, you know, demolished someone 5-1. The second string is showing. There's real competition in that midfield. There's real competition in that, that forward line as well. Defence needs to live up to ensure they will to their end of the bargain, so to speak. But this Liverpool 2.0, Mo Salah getting his flowers in the press conference. Everything that's going on at the moment, unless obviously something horrendous happens in between the time you're listening to this and the match, the graphs are all pointing upwards. It is a good time to be a red, ladies and gents. And on that note, that was another post-conference presser. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.